Hey guys, what's up? This is Amanda Borrego and welcome back to the podcast, A Fight Worth Fighting. On this podcast, we seek wisdom and advice from those whose marriages have stood the test of time and are here to share. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it. Go check out our website because we have taken all of the advice our elders have given us on this podcast and created a printable challenge for you. Go to afwfpodcast.com and get a week's worth of daily challenges to create big miracles because we all deserve for our home and our marriage to be our happy place. Today we are talking namely about postpartum depression, also known as PPD for short. And even if you feel you are not struggling with postpartum depression or anxiety, I ask you and encourage you to listen because at some point we will all deal with grief, depression, feelings of hopelessness or isolation. And I pray that this episode encourages you and that it's a place that you can turn back to when you need a little bit of encouragement. And I also hope that this episode encourages you to take action on the things that are in your control. Now, with depression, I believe that there are things that are in your control and there are things that are not in your control. And your only responsibility is to take action on those things that are in your control. I also hope that if you feel this episode may not apply to you, take a minute and send it to a new mom that you know. Most of us suffer in silence and loved ones assume we're we're all us new moms are okay because of all the pretty pictures and baby pictures that we post. But in my research and among the moms that I interviewed, nearly 80% said that they felt they had postpartum depression themselves, but only about 10% ever contacted their doctor for help. So I'm not a doctor or a therapist, but I am here as a mom and as a friend chatting with another friend about our experiences with postpartum depression, which is exactly what we are here to encourage you to do. Talk to a friend and talk to your doctor. For some dealing with postpartum depression, you may experience suicidal thoughts or thoughts of hurting yourself or hurting others. It may be a struggle to even get out of bed. Feelings that you're not a good mom or feelings of hopelessness or the inability to see anything good in any day. These feelings are common, normal, and most importantly, they're not your fault. Your hormones are likely out of balance and with your doctor's help, The postpartum depression is treatable. Coming up with a plan with your doctor may look different for everyone because just like with any depression, it ranges from mild cases to more severe cases. So for some, a plan with your doctor may look like a daily exercise routine, sitting in the sunshine. For some, it may look like getting on proper medication to balance out those hormones and chemicals in your brain that may be out of whack after giving birth. The point of this conversation is to set is to shed some light on the topic and for you to know that you are not alone. About, like I said, about 80% of women that I asked said that they felt they were dealing with PPD but never got the help. The longer you stay in the depression, the longer it may take to overcome. So don't be embarrassed. You're not alone and there is hope. This is treatable. And if you are experiencing any of those symptoms, 
that I talked about, don't doubt yourself. You may very likely have postpartum depression. And if you don't have postpartum depression, then you have a sister or a friend or know a mom or someone who will be a mom. So it's great to have this awareness because you can literally be someone's light and support them and help them get the necessary help. So if you take anything from this chat, take this. Talk about postpartum depression or any depression with your doctor. Call them today. At the end of our chat, we'll go over some common symptoms of postpartum depression and also some steps that have helped myself and my friend to move forward and create joy during the postpartum period. If you have any suicidal thoughts or thoughts of hurting yourself or anyone else, call your doctor right now. Pause this. You can always come back to it later, but take that step of faith and courage and call up your doctor and make your appointment. Know that it's not your fault. Your hormones and chemicals in your brain are out of whack and there is help. You don't have to live like that and it's not your fault. So pause this message and call your doctor immediately as well as a trusted friend. I hope that you enjoy this episode and send it to a mama who just had a baby because you never know who is struggling in silence. With that being said, please help me welcome back on our amazing guest and the wonderful mom of two, married six years, nurse practitioner, Mrs. Jessica Gonzalez. And if you have not already, make sure you listen to our previous episode, episode 27, titled Overwhelm with Being a Mom and Keeping Up a Household and My Husband Does Nothing to Help. Help! where Jessica shares how she and her husband overcame a very hard time in their own marriage and what led up to her taking charge of her own mental health after having babies and how doing that helped get their marriage back on track. So please help me welcome back Mrs. Jessica Gonzalez for part two of our conversation. Woohoo! I think that's so... I can relate (laughs) yeah yeah it's so true and it's not worth it it's like right yeah I love it but um okay so I don't want to um rush over something you were talking about because we do have so many moms that listen to this podcast and and I just want to know a little bit more of the postpartum did you say it was anxiety Mm -hmm. or depression yeah postpartum anxiety Okay, postpartum anxiety. Tell us a little bit more about that and how you kind of came out of that or are you still dealing with that? Um, what helped and I guess um, how long did it last for? Just just tell us all the things and yeah. give us a little encouragement for anybody who might be struggling with that. And what did it look like? How are we supposed to know if we do have this um, anxiety or depression, this postpartum? So there was a point, so it wasn't until about maybe two, three months after I had the baby, Evan, that I, you know, my dad, it was weird. He gave me this crystal, this like crystal rock. It was sort of pointy. And I had this, I I kept having like these horrible visions of my kids getting hurt, right? So I had a vision that someone was going to break into our house, use that crystal and hurt one of my kids. I had, I was having all these like crazy things. Like I was going to get in a car and someone was going to run me off the road. Like these weird things that my kids were going to get hurt. Like I was just on another level. Like I had little bags packed or shoe, like shoes ready in case someone broke in for me to grab them, grab the kids. I had a plan. Like it was like, my husband was like, what is going on? Like, why are you so paranoid? 
why are you acting crazy? You know, I was just so scared that something was going to happen. And so I finally said, you know what, I'm going to call this counselor. Um, I didn't tell anybody. I just went to this counselor and, uh, sure enough, she's like, you are suffering from postpartum anxiety. She's like, you have, so that's when she had me sort of lay out everything that was going on. And it turns out that I, everything was unbalanced because I, I wasn't sleeping. So Evan was up all night, you know, you know how it is nursing a newborn. Um, I had so much on my plate. I was, um, just on my plate, meaning I was putting all this pressure to do all the things that I mentioned earlier in the house. And, uh, just, just, there was so much stress going on at the moment. And I was trying to just handle it all on my own inside. And so she sort of helped me sort through that and slowly, but surely I got better, but I also correlated this too, which is very interesting. And I know a lot of people love this podcast, but crime junkies, (laughs) I, it's sort of funny, but I was listening to crime junkies as well. And, um, I I don't know where I was driving. Like I, every day I would drive to work or I don't know what I would listen to it. And she said that sometimes when you're kind of listening to these sorts of things and you're in this kind of unstable state, like having anxiety, things like that, that it can sort of put, put things into your mind. Mm -hmm. And so I was just, I think I was sort of creating this with all the stress I was under, not sleeping as well as sort of listening to negative things. So I, I, I stopped listening to that. I, um, you know, I, I fixed my home life. I started sleeping more. I gave Ryan, you know, he would get up with the baby instead of me every hour he would get up one of the hours and just prioritizing our home, home care sort of things. And, and after about, I would say three, four months, I started to, to notice that things were getting so much better. And then COVID sort of happened. And then I stopped going to, to counseling because they, I don't know if they sort of shut down or what happened for the moment. And, um, I, I was able to just sort of get, get through it. And so I'm not suffering with that anymore. Um, but it was scary. I was like, okay, something is wrong. And I think for women recognizing when something is wrong, it isn't normal is the first thing like, and don't be embarrassed to, to seek out counseling. It's not a bad thing. Some people say, oh, I'm not going to a therapist. That means I'm crazy. You know, no, it actually means that you just, you're recognizing that you need to make a change and that you want some help, you know, from somebody that may not have a bias towards what you're feeling. Cause you know, my mom would be like, Oh, you're fine. What do you mean? That's weird. You know? Mm-hmm. And so nobody really understood until someone pointed out to me really what I was, what I was going through. So never be embarrassed to actually seek out help because it, cause it, it, it it's, very helpful. <laughs> These yeah. people do this for a living, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, I'm glad that you're talking about this because I can really, really relate. And I, I hope that because this, we've had similar experiences. I'm hoping that other women are like, okay, I have this similar experience as well. And it's not normal, but my baby is, I think our babies are probably really, our youngest are probably really close because mine is about, mm-hmm. to be, about to be a year, but I can totally relate how you're saying you had these horrid visions of like, mm-hmm. I remember having these visions of like 
people raiding our house and like taking our kids. And I was thinking, well, where would I hide? Where would I go? How right. would I out? And it would like keep me up at night. And um, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I need help. Like, I don't like, is this weird? But I think it's hard to, like you were saying, recognize that it is not normal because so many things can play into that. Like for me, I cannot watch any movie that has like killing in it. I don't know if it's postpartum or I've just become like really mm-hmm. overly sensitive, but I cannot, like it will keep me up at night and it scares me. So I think so often we can just kind of tell ourselves like, oh, we're just being negative or I need to work on my mindset. But right. It's important for us to tell everyone that's listening. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes it, it's more than just having a negative mindset. Sometimes you do need the professional help um, and you need to figure out how to navigate whether it is simple exercises that you implement and sometimes it's medication, you know, but right. I've been there too and it's scary and I'm glad. And recognizing you- what you're feeding yourself through like listening, reading, like watching things, because I think that was a huge trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I even went to the point where I was like hiding the knives because I was like, if somebody came in, like, mm-hmm. you know, I was just like mm-hmm. going literally crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was scary. But I can, uh, I can relate a hundred percent. That same exact thought crossed my mind. I, I didn't actually hide them, but I've had those same exact <laughs> thoughts or I've had thoughts like, where should I hide a knife in my house so that if somebody comes in, I right. can grab it right away. No. And so I'm glad that you're shedding some light on this and pointing out like it, it most likely has to do with um, postpartum anxiety or depression. And when I did talk to my doctor about it, that was the first thing she asked me. She said, do you ever have any really fearful or scary thoughts? And so mm-hmm. I think that is a really big indicator. And so just know like, and maybe that can give you a little bit of peace of mind that maybe it's time to see a professional and get those hormones balanced out because it's not good. It's not fun. And you know, I was scared too. Like when I went and she asked me that, I was scared to say that I was having these scary thoughts because I thought, oh my gosh, are they going to put me in a hospital? Like, you know, so I was like, kind of like sitting there, like, is this a trick question or should I like tell you? And so I ended up telling her and she's like, no, you're just having the postpartum anxiety. This is normal. Mm -hmm. This happens. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of made me know that like, actually with Maya, I had the same thing, um, after I now think about it. And, um, I, it took me a long time to get through it and I never talked to anybody about it. I mean, I never even told my husband, but Mm -hmm. I had the same thing. I had these visions and I would wake up in the middle of the night looking for her through the bed. Like, Oh my gosh, is she in the bed? Like, is she suffocating? She's just sleeping, you know, and and just these horrible visions. And so, Mm -hmm. um, just don't be afraid to talk to them. They're not going to institutionalize you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, because I think that's sort of scary too. You think, oh gosh, they're going to put me in a crazy hospital, but no, you know, they're, they, they're really going to help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I'm so glad you brought this us up. Us poor moms, huh? I mean, we're just <laughs> over here doing our best. We just, we're pregnant. We're trying to lose a weight. We're trying to take care of our babies. And then I we know. have these like things that are haunting us every night, but <laughs> like there is light at the end of the tunnel get help (laughs) and here our husband's just sleeping peacefully right next to (laughs) (laughs) like he wakes up and says oh wow the baby slept all night I'm like no he woke up seven times (laughs) oh that's so true it's so funny my parents will always ask how did the kids do last night my husband is he's 
more hesitant now, but so often he's like, oh, they slept all the way through the night. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Quiet now. That's yeah, so I know. I love it. Well, this is helpful. And my next question for you, and the question that we ask everyone on the podcast was, um, was there ever a time inside of your marriage that you didn't think it would work out? You know, there has, there, there have been moments where, but I almost feel like sometimes these moments come out of impulse and a moment where you're almost so overwhelmed that you have these thoughts because you feel like, like, how do I explain it? So for instance, you know, I've come, I've come home, everything's a mess. Like, I feel like, you know, my husband doesn't appreciate me, all these things. And I just think, gosh, life could be so much better with someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Someone would appreciate me. Somebody else would, Mm -hmm. would, would notice the things that I'm doing, but you know what? Then I sit there and I, I say, okay, Jess, like, really? You have a husband who literally, I have to talk myself through this sometimes. And so I say, he, he, you say that I'll say like, okay, we're going to my mom's today. And he's like, okay, uh, we're going to do this today. Okay. Do you mind Mm -hmm. this? Okay. You know, he's so, so just goes with the flow with anything that I want to do. And he loves me in all my forms. I mean, he's never once, my husband has never been the one to ever say anything like, well, you don't appreciate me. Well, you don't, you, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, um, gosh, sometimes I can be some, a little bit, I would say insensitive in, in, in the way that I talk to him, which I feel like comes from a place of just being overwhelmed maybe, but mm-hmm. I am, I just sit there and say, I am so blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a wonderful husband and he loves me mm-hmm. and maybe he doesn't tell me but maybe that's not, I have to think like, maybe that's not his way of telling me by noticing the things I'm doing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have come to that point where I I say that, but I don't think I really mean it. I think Mm -hmm. I say it or I think it in my head out of just Just like a crazy overwhelmed in a way. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have, I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you just come to the point and you're just like, ah, somebody else would notice everything and love me more. And, but they wouldn't, you know? (laughs) No, I've, I've come to that point many times when I think like you, once I'm able to take a breath and take a step back, I'm like, what the heck am I talking about? Like my husband does so much and there's nobody else in the world that's going to play with my kids the way my husband's going to play. So I think it's like, how we were talking about having these horrible visions before. I think sometimes we just get so much in our head and we get so negative when we're thinking the worst of the worst and we just got to get to a point where we're like, okay, that's not real. That's not what we want. And so, yeah, I totally feel you. So what, what is your favorite thing about your husband? Oh my gosh. I, I love that he can be his true self with me. Like I have seen him in his silliest, in his darkest, in his happiest moments. Like he is his true self with me where even like his own family hasn't seen him that way, his own mom or sister, you know, or, Mm -hmm. and so I love that about him that he can be his just pure self with me. And that makes me feel like, gosh, I'm lucky. You know, I get to experience him in every form. (laughs) Heck yeah. That's awesome. And that's like, 
probably the biggest blessing is where you can just be yourself. I think if every mm-hmm. marriage was more like that, they, we would all be stronger because you would have that person that you can cry with. You can have that person where you can dance with, even though you're mm-hmm. totally uncoordinated like me. And so that you can be in your baggy sweats and he still just, yeah. you know, loves you. <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, Okay, so I was talking in the beginning of the episode of how I've just always like really admired you and your sister. I don't really know anyone else in your family a little bit. I think I've met your parents before, but you guys just always seem like such a good, good family. And so um, what, what were some things that your parents did right? What were some things your parents did right that you want to pass down to your kids? You know, I think for us, definitely our faith. We were in Catholic school and we were in elementary. And then just keeping us always going to church, praying as a family was huge. So we, we do that with my kids. And, and you know, we, go to, we watch virtual church right now. But um, keeping, keeping God in our lives, definitely at the center of our lives is huge. And then my dad. So he was always somebody that lives in the moment. And so he never, anytime I was ever like worried about the future, thinking about the past, he says, Jess, we need to live in the moment, be in the moment. What's going on right now in the moment and be fully in the moment, smell the leaves, like be here, you know? And so he always taught us that as well as living in gratitude. So when you start feeling all these negative thoughts, just thinking about everything that you have to be grateful for. So that's something my dad instilled in us is living in the moment and being grateful. And um, those are things that, you know, I'm, I'm, we're teaching our kids too. And being that Ryan and I have been together 15 years, we've sort of grown up together. And my parents have, you know, his parents have raised me. His, my parents have sort of raised him. We were 50, he was 15. I was 15. He was 14. So we were kids. And so mm-hmm. it's, I've been blessed that he, has also experienced that with my family. And so we're raising our kids the same way, essentially with the same background, which is a blessing because um, I'm more of the go with the flow type. And that was how my, how we were raised, you know, Uh, and to just be in the moment. And so I'm trying to teach Maya that, you know, let's be in the, let not, I don't tell her let's be in the moment because she doesn't understand, but just being present with my kids, not scrolling through my phone while I'm playing Barbies, you know, Mm -hmm. being in the moment smelling Evan's little hands while I'm breastfeeding him because, you know, I'm not going to get this moment much longer, like just being in every moment. And I try to teach them that, that by example, just by, by being there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. It's amazing how um, influential parents are and how, I mean, like, I'm just thinking as me as a parent, like, I'm like, oh, anything I tell my kids, like, it's going to go in one air and out the other. But I think as you grow up, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, all of that my parents did, all of the lessons that they taught me, I mean, they're just so big. And so it's mm-hmm. just a good lesson for us to remember, like, what you're doing right now as a parent, it matters. Your kids are going to hang on to these things and they're going to tell their friends one day of the lessons that you taught them. Right. And they see how we interact as, as, as a couple, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like making sure that we 
that Ryan and I, how we talk to each other, how we, you know, hug, hold hands, things like that is important so that they, they, they Mm -hmm. can see that modeling of how, how we should be treated in how we talk and treat each other, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. It's important for them to see how we serve each other. Um, Mm -hmm. how we are affectionate with each other. And sometimes you have to really be intentional about those things. Like with all the hustle and bustle, it's hard (laughs) to sometimes stop and hug my husband or give him attention. And I felt so bad. Like my intention is to put him first, but so often he's put last. And so it's important to be more intentional and hug him. And then like what you're saying is, um, letting our kids see how we interact as a couple. And one thing that I was thinking about recently is it's kind of also important for them to see us navigate an argument. Like, yes, we're not going to argue about every single thing in front of our kids. Like, no, there's some things you don't talk about in front of kids, but for the things I I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional in that inside of like, let them see us disagree and let them see us come to a compromise. Right. I've had to really try to, you know, of course I, I, there has been moments where I lose it and, and, you know, we're, we're human and I'm not so calm or, you know, we're not arguing in the best way. And it happens sometimes in front of the kids, but it's not often, but you have to sort of think like, oh my gosh, I'm being an example here. Like, I'm not going to talk to my husband that way, or he's not going to talk to me that way. Let's, let's, you know, talk this out instead of yelling it out. (laughs) Yeah. it's important. So we've gotten so much better. I think in the beginning when we were so stressed out, I think your stress levels and patience can be tested. Mm -hmm. And so just realizing that when you're not in your right, for sure. And I mind you're so right. And I have said a couple times on this podcast, time is on our side. I really think that's true. I really think if both people are willing to do the work, time is on our side. And sometimes so often we just throw our hands up and give up a little bit prematurely. And so mm-hmm. I think you're so right. Like it, it does get easier. It does. You fight less. <laughs> you're able to, you know, just stay a little bit calmer for longer. And so I think you're so right. Like it, it does get easier. Um, Okay. So looking back on all that you have achieved in your life, all that you have overcome, what is your greatest accomplishment? Gosh, you know, I would probably, I mean, I would say being, being a mom, I mean, is, is, I know it sounds really, but I feel like, I don't know, is that an accomplishment though? Because that's, I don't know if you've accomplished that. Like we, we birthed kids, but I mean, I, it's hard to say that's a hard, that's a hard question. Um, gosh, I guess maybe being able to go through and get my doctorate even while having kids Mm -hmm. was big for me Mm -hmm. and still being a wife and a mom and not letting, putting that, putting my career ahead of any of that, Mm -hmm. but still accomplishing that was huge for me. Um, never sort of putting myself on the back burner. You know, I was still, I just got certified in dermatology and that was a huge test. And I still was able to sit down and play Barbies every night and, mm. and make meals for my kids, but still accomplish that. So maybe that just yeah. accomplishing that while being a mom and a, and a wife. 
Yeah, I mean, heck yeah, I think that's a huge accomplishment. It sounds like what you're kind of saying is like uh, your biggest um, achievement this far has been learning how to put your family first over and over and over again, because I can't imagine all the school and all the work you do. I don't know how you still have time to come home and the energy to still put your family, (laughs) to still put your family first. And yes, it is a great accomplishment because there's a lot that haven't been able to figure it out, you know, and um, haven't taken the time and put in the effort to keep taking steps towards that. And I think it's a, it's a great like thing that we can accomplish every day. Like how Mm -hmm. today, how today with all that's going on, how can I still put my family first? And it's hard. It's hard. Not put yourself last because sometimes we do that. We put ourselves, we want our dreams, but we say, well, let me just, raise my kids, my dreams will wait. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you can do it all. You really can Mm -hmm. do it all. You just Mm -hmm. have to really have a good support system and prioritize, you know? And so to me, it's like, you have to put yourself in the, in the top two. Like you Mm -hmm. have to be taking care of yourself and your needs and your dreams as well, because otherwise you might resent in the future, you know, or, or be unhappy. (laughs) Yeah, well, you won't have, if you don't put yourself first, you won't have the love to give anybody else who comes your way, you know, right. you'll, you'll be empty and you won't have any, anything else to give them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's so important. And I think one thing that I was thinking about inside of everything you're talking about and everything you've accomplished is keeping a good attitude, like finding a way that when it is hard to still maintain a good attitude. And I was mm-hmm. I think I talked on the last last episode about um, self care. It's so self care is so important. But in my life, I've had to come to a point where I've had to create a new way of looking at self care. And so I was talking about okay, cleaning is now going to be self care for me because it's something mm-hmm. that has to get done. And the words the world's going to tell you, oh, it sucks, it sucks, it sucks, and that's going to make us put it off. But for me, I've had to come to a point where I'm like, okay cleaning, it makes me feel better to have things organized. Mm-hmm. And when I actually do go and clean well, I feel accomplished. I feel like I did a good job. And so I said, we need to look at self-care a new way, like get your favorite drink or your favorite tea or coffee, put on some jams that you love and let it be self-care for you. Sometimes I love that. You that. know what? I'm going to start doing that because that is so true. <laughs> I mean, we have to, like, what else? And I was going to make, like, a funny post, like, nobody told me that when I became a mom, I wasn't going to have any more me time, and I was going to have to make cleaning a new form of (laughs) self-care, right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh, it's so true. (laughs) And I think supporting your, your spouse, too, like, with their dreams, you know, through our marriage, like, I, Ryan went on to get his master's, and we had, we were... We moved to Arizona out of a whim. We just built a home and we, and I said, you know what? We're going to do it. It's your dream. Let's do it. I gave up my job at UNM and I loved my job. And I just said, you know, we're in this together. So we moved and he got his master. We had a baby while he was still in school and we both pushed each other through. So I think supporting each other's dreams is huge too. Mm -hmm. You know, making sure you both have that, that support and, and you can do it, you know? Oh my gosh. I love that. It that's, that is so big. It's, and it's hard to do, like put yourself on the back burner for a while. And how can I Mm -hmm. be of service to my spouse? 
Mm -hmm. But know that it's going to be your turn too. Like, and Mm -hmm. he needs to step up and be there when it's your turn to, 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 to do your, your thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And then it'll all eventually come together and it will. Right. Yes. Heck yeah. Okay. So I don't want to keep you too much longer. So please leave us with a challenge. Whatever is on your heart, it could be just for the women. It could be for the men. It could be for the marriage. Um, Leave us with one challenge. Okay. So I think a good challenge would be for all of you moms out there who do so much, write it all down. I want you to write down everything you do and then prioritize what you're willing, like five things you're willing, or even three things you're willing to, to sort of pass on to your spouse, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like look at it and really say, can I, can I do that? Can I let go and let go of the control? So Mm -hmm. maybe doing that and then writing a list or, or, or talking, communicating to your husband, what you want done and letting go of expectations. I know that's three things, but (laughs) yeah. That's so helpful and it's powerful because that is what got you guys on the right track. And so I just thank you so much, Jess, for coming on today and sharing. I can't wait to take that challenge on myself. And I just know that so many are going to feel encouraged by everything that you have to share. And I thank you for being vulnerable enough and bold enough to share some of those hard things that we talked about because I know it's not easy. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on here. It was fun. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Okay, I'm going to stop. Jess, thank you, thank you, thank you for shedding some light on this topic. I know that because of your courage and vulnerability, this is going to help at least one mom who is suffering. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys, I'm about to leave you with this week's challenge because good intentions, good advice, good messages are worthless if we put no action behind them. So I realize that there is a wide range of depression that people struggle with. Some of us have a mild case and some of us have a severe case. But I encourage you to take this one, these challenges one step at a time. If you are even struggling to get out of bed, getting out of bed is a huge accomplishment. Give yourself credit, be proud, and make a habit of it. Once you have a little more energy and are getting out of bed, then maybe your next goal looks like showering and sitting outside in the sun, which is healthy and a natural mood booster and gives you that vitamin D while maybe you apply your makeup. The point is to build upon your list little by little once you have the energy to do so. Start where you are. So here is our first challenge. Number one, talk to your doctor. We said this in the start of the episode and I'll say it again. Pause this message now and call your doctor and set up an appointment. This is treatable and there is no reason for you to live with postpartum depression and thoughts of suicide, hurting yourself or others, hopelessness, or never being able to experience joy. Postpartum depression is treatable. Google for yourself the symptoms of depression and educate yourself. God. God gave us a promise that we will be the happy mother of children, and I am believing this for you. So call your doctor. Number two, have faith. 
Joyce Meyer says that your mind is a battlefield and you have to go to war to fight for your mental health. My devotional today read, A farmer is never content until he reaps a harvest. A marksman observes whether or not his bullet has hit the target, and a physician examines the effect of the medicine before he prescribes. Should a Christian be any less careful regarding the effect of his labor in prayers? Every prayer of the Christian, whether for temporal or spiritual blessings, will be fully answered if it meets certain biblical requirements. It must be prayed in faith and in in accordance with God's will. It must rely on God's promise, be offered up in the name of Jesus Christ, and be prayed under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you to rewind that, and I just jotted those points down in my notes And so I just want to take a a really quick second to just pray over you, being mindful of how the Bible encourages us to pray. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you right now and Lord, I just have faith that this message is going to reach the mom that needs to hear it, Lord. And I have faith that you are going to take part in renewing her mind, Lord, and giving her the steps to to have um, the energy to start taking on some of these actions and to call her doctorate uh, if need be or to create her own plan, Lord. I have the faith that you are going to bring on healing and a renewal, Lord. I ask that your will be done, Lord, and that if our will, Lord, doesn't line up with yours, that you would change our hearts to walk inside of your will, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for you have promised us that that we will be the happy mother of children, Lord. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name, and I just invite, Lord, your spirit and the Holy Spirit, Lord, to just come into our minds, into our hearts, and into our homes, Lord. And that with your help, with your strength, Lord, we would learn to put you first, put you first, First thing when we wake up in the morning and in every step we take and throughout the day, Lord. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So have faith. Be diligent in your prayers. Really ask yourself, do I even have faith? Am I really even believing? And if you're not, then fight for that. Be diligent in your prayer life. Now, I'm not one to sit here and say, oh, if you were more godly or if you had more faith, then your depression wouldn't be there. It would just disappear. No, I don't believe that. I believe that God gave us medicine and science and made us smart enough to know when to take medicine. But like I said, I also believe that our minds are a battlefield and we have to go to war. We have to fight. We have to stir up our faith. And I am believing for you. Number three, rewire your brain. The Bible tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the rewiring, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this also lines up with science. Science shows that we can rewire our brains. Of course, it lines up with science, right? God is the one who created us and tells us that he knit us together. If you think about it, each and every one of us will deal with depression or a mental health struggle at some point. 
The severity will differ from one to the next, but at some point we will all encounter grief that feels impossible to overcome. So learning this lesson will serve you forever. Remember how I mentioned that your mind is a battlefield and you have to go to war for your mental health. So think about it like this. Think about your brain is creates these little pathways or or roadways. Think about your thought life. Um, and your outlook or your attitude like roadways. So think about a dirt road. Most of us have driven on paved roads, of course, now, but I guarantee that it started as a dirt road, right? So before there was nothing there, but over time, and the more frequently people traveled the road, the more pronounced the road became, eventually leading to a permanent solidified paved road. This is kind of the same way that our brains work. These little roadways or pathways are created in our brains. And the more that we have a certain thought, the more that we have the same thought, I think it's something like we have 60,000 thoughts a day and the majority of them are repetitive. So along with any medication or other remedy that you start for depression, I encourage you to make sure you are fighting for your thought life and creating new pathways in your mind. For me, I like to meditate on um, on God's word. So the Bible and God tells me that I will be the happy mother of many. That's Psalm 113.9. So I repeat that in my mind throughout the day. Thank you, Lord, that I am the happy mother of children. Thank you, Lord, that I am the happy mother of many. And they say that it's not about trying to drown out or delete those thoughts that are repetitive and have a grip on us. It's replacing them with a new, inspiring, powerful thought. Another that I meditate on and repeat throughout the day is, for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1.7. So I encourage you, in addition to what any other remedy that you start, take your thought life seriously and remind yourself that God tells us that our minds and our attitudes and our outlook can be renewed. Which brings me to my next point. Number four, stick to your plan. This is a major boost to my mental health. Sticking to my plan, making a list of what self-care looks like for me, and then doing the things that I don't want to do. When I accomplish those things on my list, which I likely don't feel like doing and don't want to do every day, when I complete them, I feel a surge of energy, confidence, and joy. So here are some things that I don't want to do, but that I discipline myself to do daily for the sake of my mental health and well-being. I exercise, I pray, and I read my Bible. I put healthy, nutritious things in my body. I drink 100 ounces of water daily, and I like to track my steps. I do these things whether I feel like it or not, and most likely I do not feel like doing them. But I do them, and I remind myself that God says, He did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. If you don't take anything else from this episode, memorize that verse and meditate on that verse. How powerful that inside of you, God lives, and he says that he has given you the spirit of power, right? To overcome. He's given you the spirit of love. 
and he is giving you the spirit of self-discipline. Number five, get accountability and support. There is power in community. God created us for community. He tells us it is not good for man to be alone. But as a society, we have become more and more isolated. Moms likely do not have a village nowadays to raise their kids in. They are doing it alone, and this can be very isolating and lead to depression. You have to fight for a community. You have to take the initiative. Nobody is likely going to come knocking on your door to rescue you. You have to rescue yourself. Join mom groups on Facebook. Plan a weekly park day with other moms. Invite other family invite other families or other moms over to your house for a play date. Cook that tell them you'll cook them breakfast and come over to hang out. Join a church, plug into a group. There are people that will reach back if you reach out. Keep trying and ask God to pray to God, be diligent, ask him to give you friends that are like family. Another thing to keep in mind if you are pregnant at this time is our therapist suggested that my husband and I jump on a call with her before I have this next baby in October and come with a plan um, and really just signs for my husband to look out for in case um, in case I am experiencing any postpartum depression or anxiety. So that community is so important because sometimes they can see changes in you that you can't seeing yourself as a new mom, whether it's your first, second, or third, it's exhausting. You guys, nobody has the load that the mom has. Nobody can hold that baby and sue that baby the way the mom can. Nobody can nurse that baby. Um, most of the time it's the mom getting up all night long. And so the mom isn't getting the sleep and it's leading to extreme exhaustion and, um, piling on top of maybe even, more depression or the start of depression. And so really rally your um, your community and your support and your significant other to know what signs to look out for and give them permission to, to say, hey, you don't seem like yourself lately. Are you okay? Because just like with any other sickness or struggle. I mean, if you ended up in in the hospital, you would contact your community. You would say, pray for me. They would send you meals. They would offer to help with your kids. It's the same thing. And so don't be embarrassed. Reach out to your community and ask for the support. I heard this mom describe her postpartum depression like this. It was like a fog or like a smoke that slowly set up set in on her and she didn't even realize what was happening. She became this drastically different person and it was just slow and she couldn't see it for herself. And it kind of reminded me of something I experienced last week. We've recently had smoke in the air in our area. I got up one morning and I looked outside at the mountains and I thought, hmm, that's weird. Do they those kind of look foggy or smoky? Or is there just something wrong with my eyes or my head? Can I not see? Hmm, I don't know. Okay, whatever. The next day I get up again. Hmm, it looks smoky. Oh, I don't know. There must be something wrong with my eyes or with my head. I sent a text to my mom. Hey mom, is there smoke in the air? Do you see something? She said, I thought I saw something, but no, I didn't read anything on the news. So I think to myself, oh, it must just be my eyes. There's something wrong with my eyes. There's something wrong with my head. The third day I go to, down to my grandpa's house and I ask again, you guys, is there smoke in the air or what's going on? 
finally somebody says, yeah, there is. There's a fire in Arizona and and the air is smoky. And so sometimes even though we know that something's off, right? We, it's hard for us to pinpoint, especially with everything else going on as a new mom. So put a plan in place before. Rally your community before. Give them permission to, to check on you and try not to take it personally because when people hear messages like this, they might just reach out to their mom friend and say, are you okay? Don't take it personally. Just take it as they care and they want the best for you. So that all goes to say, reach out to your community because sometimes they can see things that you aren't able to see right now. You guys, this episode is really just the tip of the iceberg, but I just pray that it encourages you to talk to your friends. You have a friend that is struggling with postpartum depression or feeling isolated or just hopeless. I pray that you share your journey because when you have the courage to do that, it enables others to feel they have space to share their own story and it'll lead to them getting help and getting better. So there's so much more to be said on postpartum depression and I am not a doctor or a therapist. So talk to your own doctor. I just hope that by me sharing my own journey, that'll encourage you to, to get help with yours. Um, I know there are so many more things that we can talk about, but my hope is to do more episodes that encourage encourage moms. So look out for that. Um, I ask again that you would send this episode to a mom. You never know who is struggling in silence. So until next week or the week after, sorry, mom life and camping is, is kind of delaying these episodes. But I hope you have the best day ever. And remember that God is for you and for your family. Bye guys.